Stand at Ease, episode 22, Sunday, September 25th, 2011. Because, you know, mom really doesn't want to know that her son is being rained on for uh, two days sitting in a hole. You, you know, there's something about the Marine Corps and the mystique of the Marine Corps which makes it, uh, it, it's its own branding. To me, it doesn't matter if you're, what service you're in. You know, it all comes down, it's really simple. They're laughing. Laugh with me. And let's move forward. Welcome back, everybody. Here, as always, we're on episode 22. Not as always, but as always, we have a particular episode. we got a good one ahead of you. But anyways, to my left, coming out of Grand Forks, North Dakota, D-Born Christian. Welcome back, David. Good morning. It's 50 degrees today. And and, it's pretty steady. Yeah, well, and it's, you're gonna be, there's going to be some rain falling on you guys here a little bit, and I'll tell you why. But over to my right now, the recovering and soon-to-be football powerhouse out of Detroit, Michigan area, James L. Johnson, Jr. Good morning. How's everybody going today? And I am Gar Green, sitting here in lovely, sprinkling earlier this morning, no longer Natanya Israel. It's a beautiful day out here. We're getting ready to sunset to drop. It's a little after six. And we have a special guest here on board, uh, David. He goes by Gunny. He goes by many names. But, David, if you would introduce our guest that you found for us today, I would appreciate it. All right. We have Gunnery Sergeant retired Charles Wolf, who is known for his Semper Tunes cartoons. Um, he's a Marine Corps veteran of many years. I am blanking on how many years right now, but we'll get that from him. And he worked in a lot of different billets, and he is with us today from Quantico, Virginia. Coming outside of Q-Town. Hey, hey, everybody. Well, welcome aboard, man. Welcome aboard. Appreciate having you here, Charles. Uh, come aboard. <laughs> permission more than granted. Jay, <laughs> give me a breakdown. You know, James spent some time there. I spent some time in Quantico on embassy duty. James did some time there as well. And so did uh, David. So Dave, how, how did you – well, Davis, give us the backstory of Gunny and how we ran into him and how we're going to bring him on board. And then we got – I got a ton of questions for the man. Well, uh, um, I've been following this cartoon, Semper Tunes, for quite a while. Um, and a lot of different different things that I read. And when all of a sudden he started showing up on Facebook, I was like, yeah, I wonder if I can get him on. Um, I like, he's got a pretty whimsical wit, and I like the style of his cartoons. Uh, matter of fact, right now on my computer, the, my uh, desktop is a good one about, it must be Monday because the gunny's got his head in the coffee pot. <laughs> <laughs> You know what fascinates me, and I'm really proud of what you've been able to achieve. You know, you spent 21 years in the Marine Corps on active duty. Nine of those years was in the infantry. But here's a guy on it who reached out and started touching thousands and thousands of people, not only in this country, but your cartoons go in over 80 countries, don't they? Yes, they do, sir. Yeah, and, and, and what maybe, you do, And maybe more. And maybe even more that you're not even aware of. <laughs> exactly. I mean, how did all this come about? I well, mean, it's actually that, pretty that's simple. a big reach from the infantry into uh, the cartoon world. So. Well, it, I would say I, it's pretty simple. It started out on ship. I was sitting on the mess decks, and I was surrounded by four or five Marines, and everybody was just doing what they usually do. You know, they're playing cards, you know, playing spades. Uh, writing letters and all that good stuff. So since I suck at spades, I started doodling. Uh, 
and it hit me that all these stories and things that were going on around me, I could uh, basically pass through my cartoons and kind of put a visual to the funniness. So uh, while on deployment, you know, I was just doing cartoons uh, to pass my time. And once I got off ship, to make a long story short, the first time I came to Quantico, I was on a firing range, and there was a uh, photographer out there from PAO. So uh, just talking about cartoons, and it just came out that, you know, he said, why don't you go to the base newspaper and see if they'll run it. So I did, and they ran it, and uh, I was hooked ever since because I got a lot of feedback, and that's how I went from four or five Marines to worldwide. Wow. I just I just chase it down, and 90% of the Semper Tunes that are out there are published for free. Um, right now I'm exclusively with Leatherneck. Um, they get the brand-new Semper Tunes that you can only see there for first-time publication rights, but everything else is just recycled, and I'm going to keep doing that just so that I can keep the laughs going. That's incredible. You know, you were a Desert Storm veteran, 1994, right? Yeah, well, I was um, 90 to 91. Uh -huh. um, I floated for 10 months. Gotcha. So in 94, you moved into the Marine Corps Graphic Arts Program, correct? Yes, I was a Dragon Gunner in the infantry, and the Marine Corps at that time was crossing over into the Javelin field. Uh -huh. um, so... For four years, I pursued the 4611 MOS, uh, and eventually, you know, I was uh, selected to lat move. And then uh, once I hit that off field, I just hit the ground running. And I'm self-taught in everything I do. Um, really? Okay. Yep. So basically, it's just uh, it's pure mo it's pure motivation. I just want to prove that you know, if you want anything, you can get it. Well, that's, you know, that's one thing that we try to instill in all Marines on it. You know, there's only one thing you can't do, and that's what you won't do. Exactly. So, I mean, that's that's really a good good model to live by on it. You were the production chief for the Department of Defense, the graphics art instructor for the art director of the Marine Corps Recruiting Command? Yes. That's a pretty heavy billet. Yeah, I mean, I climbed the ladder, and it just comes back to doing what you want to do and loving it and giving your best to the core, um, and that just personifies itself to the people around you. So um, it was interesting. I did a lot of the branding for the Marine Corps uh, Recruiting Command. I designed a couple of cars for NASCAR. Oh, really? And, uh, interesting. Yes. Who did you design yeah. for? Um, I had a I had a – I did the 2005 – uh, car for the season when the Marine Corps had their team, mm -hmm. and then I ran a special car uh, at the D Daytona 500, uh, and Ashton Lewis was actually the driver then, so just fun. Now, let, let me ask you something. When you sat down, I assume you do this because I've been involved in a lot of branding and various things for other organizations since I've been out of the Marine Corps. You sat down as a group and you discuss whatever your objectives are, and, and basically you're just laying out a plan of action. What's the tie-in between, because there's a lot of controversy about having these cars out on the various tracks with military support. What's the basis well, behind that? Well, I, mean, the I, 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 I know what it is, because you're trying to reach a certain core audience. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, tell us a little bit about that. Well, 
basically all the services are in NASCAR. Um, uh, the Marine Corps stopped their program, I think it was in 2006 or 2007. And ultimately, you know, the main reason is because you can't, you can't track, uh, you know, how well it's doing for you and for what you're putting into it. But yeah. ultimately, you know, it is, um, it's an awareness package. You know, you're just out there in front of all these people, and you're basically, you know, you have to be there in most cases because that's so many eyeballs and mm-hmm. uh, potential uh, recruits and pulleys and things like that. But um, I think the, the Marine Corps itself has gone into other directions with the uh, same intent. Uh, so once they jumped out of NASCAR, now they're doing various other things that I think only they could speak to because I haven't been there to really see what they're doing. You, you know, there's something about the Marine Corps and the mystique of the Marine Corps which makes it, uh, it it's its own branding. I mean, it's just an incredible pull that the Marines have, in a sense, the name recognition. It's like mm-hmm. Coca-Cola, you know? Mm-hmm. When you With say Marine... On it. Exactly. With a bayonet like a Coke on it. <laughs> Uh-huh, exactly. But when you say uh, Coke or you say, you know, McDonald's or something, you have an image coming in your mind. And when you say Marine, that image comes out. And because I think the Marine Corps is so, it's so small and it's so close-knit, I don't care what MOS you're in. If you're a Marine, you've, you're a Marine. You've all experienced one thing, and that's boot camp. And, and that in itself on it bonds you all together. It's an experience you never forget. Did you ever work the drill field? Oh, I did not. I um, I wasn't a drill instructor. Um, the closest I ever came to uh, that sort of uh, billet was, you know, when you come into Quantico during certain times of the year, you can be augmented to work over at OCS mm-hmm. when they ramp up for the summer candidates. So my first time here, I was supposed to go to TBS as an instructor, but ended up working at OCS for 11 months. And uh, one of the billets I got assigned to was all the candidates that were being dropped, you know, I was processing them out. Um, so I couldn't I couldn't really march them or drill them around. But the crazy thing was... For, for some of be, our listeners, OCS is Officer Candidate School. And TBS. Yeah, here at Quantico. The basic yep. school. Quantico is the yeah. only place where Marine officers are trained. So, exactly. Go ahead. Thanks for go, following go ahead, that go. up. Well, the main thing was, uh, you know, I had to have them into the chow hall by zero four and out by zero four twenty, because mm-hmm. technically they're not allowed to mix with the still training candidates. Right. So uh, some of the longest days I've ever had with Reveille getting them up, you know, and some of my, I think I had a platoon one time that was, last year was, I called it a platoon, but it it had like ninety four candidates in it. So I was uh, herding three groups of uh, <laughs> three groups of, or you know, I was herding three groups of thirty uh, candidates crossing out, which some of them weren't very happy uh, to the chow hall about. Oh my goodness, maybe zero three fifty, zero four hundred. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I can understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you know this at all, Gunny, but but uh, James was was a drill instructor. Oh, awesome. Not only was he a drill instructor. He was our drill instructor. He was my <laughs> drill instructor. 
So you're oh, talking crap. to so, so you guys you guys do the whole show standing at attention? Oh no 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 That's exactly oh. right. Their bodies are locked in back through the yeah. entire process. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Are they, are they... Ben's in thrust. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Particularly Gar, you know. So. Yeah. There's something locked and cocked around here. The body. I'm not so sure it's the body locked and cocked there, James. In fact, it was... And, and you know what's so funny about this? I got to tell you. These guys have a different memory than I have. Yeah, ours it's... happens to be clear. It's, it's true. <laughs> it's not adult with age. <laughs> I mean, they come up with so many things. Oh. I I don't remember any of oh, that. And, no, you know, clearly just... not, Your Majesty. <laughs> if you get an opportunity, head back in and take listen to, listen to war stories. That's where where David and I have a good long conversation with drill instructor James L. Johnson Jr. But wow, Hillary yeah. behind his back is that motherfucker. Yeah, well, <laughs> in fact, David reminded me today. September 25th of 2000 and, uh, no, strike that, in 1983, September 25th, 1983, we started our first trek down to MEPS uh, to go and meet this piece of shit, James L. Johnson. Oh, my, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It was, it was an impression on it to have blasted them all these years. Yeah, and he, didn't, he wouldn't be able to pick me out from a crowd. <laughs> oh, I bet. I can see you, well, you, can know, see you three miles away. It's kind of funny on it. Uh, what happened? This is how this group hooked back up again. Uh, my kids were on the uh, internet browsing around, and they found my citation for the Navy Cross on uh, Gar's sports site. So they said, "Dad, what's all this stuff about?" I said, "I don't know." I said, "You know." So I sent him an email, and I uh, appreciated, you know, him showing my citation, but I asked him, I said, do I know you? And then he came back with a story that he was one of my recruits. And in the beginning, I thought, you know, this kid is on some type of narcotics because I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, that through, might be the case, Jim. But, <laughs> but through the uh, time span, we all kind of connected again. Dave was brought into the picture. And then we started several projects. And uh, Gar, he's... This is his forte, everything we're doing right now. He's the guru of all this. But it opened up, and what we wanted to do was reach out and touch someone and let them know that, you know what, we've gone through what you've gone through, and and we understand where you're at. Because unless you've worn a uniform, you really don't understand military life. You don't understand relationships that you develop. You don't understand a lot of the hardships that you go through. I mean... People don't look. Gar's got a saying, which I like to use in a show yesterday on it. Uh, what did you say the military was? I wished I could tell you. I it think... was it was the failed part of diplomacy. Oh yeah, no, no, we're the yeah, no, 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 yeah, we're, we're the business end of the failed part of diplomacy. That's why we're here. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and I mean, if I that, could, go ahead, please. Well, no, if I could, this is this is where uh, Semper Tunes took on a whole new life form because. When I'm sitting in front of all the Marines, we understand each other. But where I found the real power in humor and morale was to build, I call it the bridge. The, the humor that I put into the uh, Semper Tunes is basically a bridge for the families from the mom, dad, wife, daughter, all the way down to second cousins and just people that might know somebody in the military worldwide to kind of understand what that person's going through, but it takes the edge off. 
because you know mom really doesn't want to know that her son is being rained on for uh, two days sitting in a hole. Uh, so I can do that through humor and take the edge off, and it's acceptable. So that's really my uh, crusade, if you will, to uh, you know just bring all those people in because without them, you know I don't think we'd be as tough as Marines as we are because we have to have that support. Do you, do you feel that this is a calling? I do. I mean, I've been making people laugh since I was in kindergarten, which explains my C's and D's all the way up through school. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, you um, know, I, I went up on your website, www.simfertunes.com. And yep. I was showing it to my kids, and they did, and they rolled. They said, "Dad, I can see you in all of this," and <laughs> it, it, it was just amazing because what you just said kind of struck me at the same time I was watching my kids. You know, it's not easy for families sometimes to uh, adjust and adapt. I mean, you've got a family-run business. Is this your original wife and kids that you had when you first went in, or is this a uh, like yes, in my yes, case, my, four different marriages. So, yeah, my uh, <laughs> my my wife and I, Amy, will um, celebrate our 22nd uh, anniversary um, in next March. And my son Joshua is uh, he's five years old and just started school. So, uh, no, it's it's awesome. You know, I already got well, him coloring and just having fun with it as well. 22 years with your wife. She's served at all your various duty stations. She's waited while you've been on deployment. Uh, I, I know you've been on uh, deployments and on meds and things like that, I would imagine, with 21 years in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. How was her adjustment whenever you were gone and she was left at home and, and things that she had to do? We've done several shows on this subject. I mean, apparently oh, she I was a military wife because she's still with you. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely say that, you know, it, it's never easy, and no matter how we paint it, uh, it'll never be easy. But, um, no, basically she adapted to the fact that, you know, I would be gone. I mean, there was a lot of uncertainty, you know. Um, and I think it's just uh, it's just the type of person she is. You know, she, she took on that responsibility knowing what she was getting into, and, uh, you know, she's never looked back. And I think the cool thing about what families do is they adapt to the situation, too. They get into a mental uh, zone, if you will, um, and after so many times, it's almost like they build their own blueprint on how to get through a deployment or how to get through, you know, two nights in the field. And... They kind of just like a piece of clay, they mold themselves to the situation. And then the kids are brought up that way. So eventually you have this solid foundation that just can't be moved, um, which in turn makes the Marine even stronger. It's so true. That is so true. You know, you see so many kids that go out and get married for different reasons, and their relationships just don't work because... Like what you just said, she knew what she was getting into. A lot of the wives don't know what they're getting into, and they don't know where to turn or what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the yeah. other thing I want to do, too, is, uh, I mean, I would hope um, in my, you know, quest to reach everybody that, you know, 
if you can laugh, it's going to take a little bit of pressure off of something in your, your life. Uh, and maybe it's that, that moment when the wife is, you know, or, or the husband or the kids are having a hard time, you know, at that specific moment uh, with dealing with the situation, you know, and maybe it helps. I mean, in my mind it does because, you know, laughing is a universal language and, I mean, that's all people really want to do. I think they just want to be happy. So, uh, you know, if it helps in that regard, then that's why I, I keep drawing cartoons every day. You know, we talk a lot of times on our shows about kids who come back from deployment and how various substances like alcohol and drugs and things will have a, sometimes gain a root with you and start to grow and it becomes a dependency on it. And after 21 years in the Marine Corps, I know you've seen a lot of that. Do you ever address any of that in your humor? Um, You know... It's interesting that I really don't dive into uh, subjects like uh, drugs or alcohol or um, suicide. I mean, I just kind of tend to focus more on, you know, trying to help people get away from it without drawing it. I mean, it's kind of hard to explain, but there's just so much out there to do. than those different subjects because in a way they can be controversial and it's like a double-edged sword you have to really be careful it's like when it's like when i'm doing cartoons about generals or (laughs) or the president you know what i'm saying i mean yeah i know exactly what you're saying yeah (laughs) you're sweating bullets on those right (laughs) yeah you know i mean i mean i take a lot of pride in the few simple tunes i put out there about generals but Uh You know, I don't fire those out every day unless I know that they're going to be pretty rock solid and, uh, you know, I won't be, I won't have four satellites hovering over my house with a, you know, a recon team in Geely suits replacing my bushes. you have to have your work approved or no? You have total control over it. Yeah, I have total control over it. Um, most times my wife spell checks it and most times she finds all the errors. So no one really knows that, but that's another, uh. That's another thing she does, because I suck at spelling. Thank God. <laughs> Focus on the drawing, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, was in, I was in college, and I went into, the, went into the John, you know, and taking a piss. And, of course, you know, you talk about gra- graffiti of war, and, you know, college is in there. And, and so I see this thing, and a guy writes on the, guy writes on the board in, in a comment. He circles another guy's comment that he's got in the, in the pisser, you know. And he says, weak spelling, weak mind. And a guy underneath writes under, he goes, yup. <laughs> and what, did he spell weak with two E's? <laughs> no, it was great. No, no, it was great. The guy underneath it looks at it and just, just lets him saying, you know what I mean? It's Spelling is one of those things that it's, I mean, I know it's important, and I'm a horrible speller, just to let you know something. Terrible, because I really think that it just gets in the way of all the other garbage. I'll do my best. I'll get close. You got it? Let's move on. You know, I'll pay. Yeah, it's pretty hot. Well, hyphens kill me, man. I mean, those little things, I don't even know where they go. I put them at the front, the back, the end. I mean, my hyphens end up look, I make them look like commas, and it's just, uh, it's just a big car wreck. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you what, though, man. You, if you can strategically slam a hyphen in, you know what I mean? Only, yeah. that, that's, just pure, that's just pure literary poetry. <laughs> I'll hyphenate this. You know, hey, for example, 
uh, high speed, low drag. I hyphenate high dash speed dash low drag and make it a proper noun at any time. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I got no, no problem. I, love with that. It. I got no problem with that. You know? Nope. And when you in the doubt, I'll throw in a colon. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> colon, capitalize, and who gives a shit? Let's move on. <laughs> I know. I actually, I actually tried to research how to use a colon, and all I got was a bunch of medical data yeah. and these crazy pictures. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm done with this. I was talking with somebody about about this. Uh, each, I said, I want to learn more about punctuation. They said, You got to get this book. Eat shoots and ladders. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I get this book. Eat shoots and no. ladders, and next thing no. you know, I'm just I'm hyphenating oh. every damn thing. We just lost Jim. Did we lose Jim? Well, good. Jim, if he doesn't want to be part of this crowd, let's just, you know, screw that guy. No, it's fine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, especially if I mess something up really bad, I just call it art and I put a copyright on it. So that I can <laughs> say that that's mine. Yeah, hey, welcome back, Jim. We've been talking about punctuation, so you decide to hang up and run. <laughs> Chicken shit. Daddy, how, how did you ever get a, uh, an operation hooked up in Quantico? Did you know somebody or what? Oh, uh, you mean where the store is? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> well, for the last 18 years, um, well, wherever we were stationed, my wife and I would always set up like a six-foot table and some chairs, and we would always sell our prints. So... Uh, when I retired, the opportunity opened up for us with a new space here uh, at the Quantico Exchange when it was renovated to open our first store. So we took the opportunity, and uh, basically that's how you know, we ended up here with just that um, rapport and friendship and just the uh, same thing that we're doing, just uh, take care of the Marines and their families and give back. So we were a, a perfect fit for that. <clears throat> and... Uh, you know, I'm happy to say that on November 2nd, we're going to be opening our uh, second location at uh, Camp Lejeune, or Lejeune. Mm -hmm. uh, or Latrine. Hey, yeah, hey, hey. and we will, whoa, we'll, uh, I, I enjoy we'll be launching Lejeune. our third book as well. Excellent. Good for you, man. Now, is, your, is your wife an artist as well? Um, no. No, she does all the, like, she's, she was a straight-A student. Speaks, uh, you know, two other languages, and she she does all the like products. She puts everything together, orders everything. She, you know, she's the back end of the admin, so I don't go so to jail. She, so she's a smart one. <laughs> it's you gotta have uh, yeah. a smart one. Didn't you hear about the punctuation? Now, you you also uh, responders. <laughs> You're kind of going in and out. No, we should be back. Are we back now, buddy? Yeah. I'm back. You you also work with first responders, police and firefighters. Is that correct? Yep. Um, that's that's another thing I'm doing is uh, I'm just going to take down all the walls. Um, humor is humor. So basically, Semper Tunes is going to you know bring on board anyone and everyone that needs morale and they just want that laugh. So you know, police, firefighters, EMTs, nurses, Life doctors. Hurts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and basically all I need to know is the terminology and what uniform they're wearing because, you know, the, the captions are what get everybody. So uh, I look forward to the future on uh, collaborating with all those different organizations uh, to do the same thing. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure that 
you know, a, a policeman or firefighter's wife or husband really knows what they do, you know, when they're when they're gone doing their job. So I'm just going to take the model and run with it. Who's the um, Who's the most famous person that you've heard of, or that you've heard from that's read your stuff or seen your stuff? Uh, well, I just got a quote for book three from uh, Dale Dye. Um, he uh, he's a big fan. Um, if for our reader, know, for our listeners who don't know who Dale Dye is, he, I first met Dale Dye oh down at uh, Lejeune. He wrote for the uh, Lejeune paper down there, mm-hmm. and he's also been involved in numerous movies. He's an advisor for Hollywood and uh, military tactics. Let me slap my dog here for a second. He's <laughs> not really going to slap the dog. For all, Dude, of my, should, for all of my PETA people. I'm the animal activist in the world. Yeah, for all my PETA people, all we're trying to do is give Gunny some new material. He's not That's gonna, right. He's not going to crack I, the dog. It's a metaphorical conversation. We got lawyers that listen to this show, Gunny. I'm only, I'm only saving Jim's ass. Well, I, think, I think you should. I think you should make two pounds of bacon before the show and just put him in the corner. Jim, did you hear that? That's coming from a 21-year Marine Corps vet. I, I don't know if you've ever but my dogs. <laughs> now, have you ever got any letters from any of the presidents or anything? Um, actually, yeah. Um, uh, one from President Bush. Um, I had uh. Bill Clinton uh, actually took a picture with his Semper Tune and the Marines at the White House. Um, so I have that. And then uh, George Bush Sr. I got a letter from him as well. So uh, no, it's awesome. I mean, they're just out there everywhere. And I really don't track all that type of stuff down. Cause right. The best part for me is that, you know, I'm just, letting, I'm just letting it do what it does. You know, it's like, you know, creating oxygen. Just let... Just let the people breathe it in and, and blow it out. And, uh, you know, if they tell me it was great and I helped them, then, you know, that makes my day. But at the same time, you know, I just keep rolling forward. What kind of feedback do you get from other armed services uh, across the world? Because I know you do cartoons for them also, right? Yeah, I'm starting to expand into uh, all the services. Um, mm-hmm. And the really nice thing is mud's mud. I mean, that's what it boils down to, you yeah. know? I mean, the uh, I got the Australian military are pinging me because basically they're, uh, you know, they're reading my cartoons, and they're kind of translating it into their world. Uh, I'm working with uh, 16 international officers here on base, and uh, in the future I look to, you know, basically doing some platoons in every language in the world uh, and then I'll just change the uniforms. That's phenomenal. And, that is and how phenomenal. are you able to make your living that gives you enough time to go ahead and do this? What's what's allowing you to do this? Is, is your book sales? Oh no, actually I have a full time job. I uh, I work at the uh, the combat camera on Quantico as a graphic uh, graphic artist. And someday, some rich person who's listening to the show should consider hiring you full-time. Jim? You got that- <laughs> Jim, Jim, you got that check handy? 
I, I'm sure that he does quite well after 21 years in the uh, Marine Corps. He's got his retirement there as an E-7. Plus, he works as a civilian for a uh, – yeah. And then, of course, he's got his stores and everything else. So I'm, I'm quite impressed. Would quite you be impressed. able to draw full time if you did that? The reason why I asked that question is um, before before moving here to uh, to Israel, I was working in Northern California, in Santa Rosa, California. And I don't know if you know that, but that's that was the final place where Charles Schultz. Jude Moon, yeah. yeah, had most of his uh, Snoopy stuff. I mean, he's from Minnesota, David. There's a mm-hmm. there's a Same bone is, is, there's a bone thrown from you, and um, so we did a lot of stuff with the Schultz uh, folks, and I've been a lot of time there, went to went places. So I'm just curious, you know, when you draw this art and you have these conversations with folks, I mean, you're telling a story. It's complicated. People who've never been involved in humor don't realize just exactly how difficult it is and how complicated it is because you've got to you've got to do the setup you got you've got to do the delivery you got to do the humor you got to do the wrap up i mean it's got to make sense it's got to i mean it's not easy stuff here that and most of yours is most of yours is being done in one maybe two panels not easy stuff and yeah i mean i think it comes i mean just speaking on that point it it's always come naturally to me i mean that's it, it to me it's like it's easy I mean, you can give me anything, and I can just make fun of it, and then I can sit down and draw it out. So I, I do got a question for you. When you were back in boot camp, how many times did you have to really just bust your bust yourself down not to keep laughing? Oh, oh, it was ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, it was. I mean, I probably did more push-ups than any Marine. Well, in the Marine Corps, you know, because I mean. They they actually renamed it the Wolf Deck instead of the Quarter Deck. That's right. Isn't that great? Yeah, I just can't. You know, I mean, you know, that's I mean, I remember about... one time I one time I got sent to the pit. Uh, <laughs> my my drill instructor was marching us around the parade deck, and we sucked. You know, like we just sucked. And uh, you know, he looks over and he goes, "I mean, there's seagulls everywhere." He goes, "They can form up better than you." Sons of bitches, you know, and like I'm just dying laughing. I just can't help. Me. He's like, "Wolf, get to the pit." I'm like, "What?" Oh, so it was awesome. You ever notice that? But I, I, I got to tell you a story about boot camp. I don't know whether it was your platoon or another platoon, but I'm standing in front of you. And you know, I was at San Diego. I'm standing in front of you. We're getting ready to go for a run, right? And we were in something third, so we had our blue shirts and our Hoorah. stuff on, you know. And damn birds flew over and shit all over me. I mean, I had birds shit on my shoulders. I got everybody standing at attention on it. And I'm waiting for somebody to smile, do something, because I'm going to thrash you like you've never been thrashed before. But nobody said a word, nobody did, and they all, they all knew it, you know. So we start yeah. to, and it's a three-mile run, you know, down and back. I'm hot, I'm sweaty, I got all this damn bird shit melted all over me on it. I get back into the hut, and of course my fellow drill instructors are just laughing their ass off. You know? <laughs> they, thought, they thought that was the funniest thing in the world, but my pribes aren't saying nothing. So I get my house in there, right? My house mouse comes in. I said, "Do you see anything out there this morning, Private?" I said, "Sir, do you mean the bird that shit on you, sir?" <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever notice, though, that in boot camp, shit was either really, really funny or really bad? 
There was never <laughs> yeah. any medium crap in the middle. That's the one thing I meant about I remember that. It was either really funny or really bad. There was never a medium like, eh, hey, you know, hey, you know, I'm just hanging out. You know, you know, just got nothing to do. Think I'll scratch my balls. You know? It was either really funny or really <laughs> shitty. That's what's funny is like, you you know when you're lined up in the head and everything is wet and you got your flip flops on. I mean, you know when you come out those doors, it's gonna be so funny with everybody falling all over each other. But at the same time, it hurt like freaking hell because you know no. you got you got some other guy's flip flop on your shoulder, around your ear, and you're just trying to no. make it to the line. No, no. Here's what I like. Here's what I like. Right. When do you lose the modesty? Probably third phase. When you're sitting in there taking a shit with no doors on, and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, what are you going to do? I'm going to see my wife. I don't know. Let me get a big long roll. This one's a little bit more. I got a little more paperwork today than normally here. This is, yeah, I'm going to go bang Susie Rottencrotch. Wiping your ass in front of some dude and having a conversation being totally fine. Hey, a little rough go over there, huh? You might want to stay away from that there, you know? Double yeah. omelet with cheese. Or how many how many guys could you fit in a stall of piss into the same piss as shitter? No. Oh yeah. <laughs> and and there's a countdown and there's a countdown going. They're like exactly. you know, they're they're like pooping everybody's just pooping and trying to get it in a hole. <laughs> now do you see what I mean about all Marines got something in common? <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just funny. Pooping in a hole, yep. Jim. You notice that we've talked a lot about pooping since you brought up that bird story, Jim? <laughs> Did you see yeah. how you just sucked this whole conversation <laughs> down to an anal cavity, Jim? It, this is what bothers me about your psyche, man. That's right. Oh, Jim, you're, you're bothering me. I have a little more serious question, though. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you had to write about or you wanted to talk about a serious conversation or very serious things, or is it just all on the lighter side? No, um... I do I do formal artwork as well, so it's almost like I'm divided in half. I got the Semper Tune side where I do all the funny stuff and you know I just have fun with it, but I got the more serious side where I do my formal artwork. Um, like my I penciled the Iwo Jima, and uh, for a long time I was you know kind of contemplating a quote that I wanted to put on it, and then uh, one day it just hit me, and that is uh, to observe a marine is inspirational. To be a Marine is exceptional. So with this type of formal artwork, you know, it hits home with the Marines in their hearts. Uh, you know, where they they carry it the most is that Marine pride and being tough and uh, mm -hmm. being the greatest fighting force in the world. And on the other hand, um, I did a three-dimensional eagle globe and anchor in the clouds, and I put the last two lines of the Marine Corps hymn on it. And... Uh, one of the most defining moments for me was when I was at Camp Lejeune, when the uh, war first started, I had a, uh, a Marine wife that had lost her husband, and she was there with her son, and I just happened to have that print. So, uh, you know, I signed it and I gave it to her for free because it was kind of interesting that that's the reason I created it, but at that moment I was, I was in the midst of the reality of, yeah. you know, this, this young wife. It meant so much to her, um, and that eagle woven anchor in the clouds became him. Um, so I do a lot of formal artwork for those types of situations. Do you ever Is any of your work over at the Marine Corps Museum? Um, not not like as uh, 
hanging, but you know they carry some of our products, like our books and our greeting cards. Right. You ever? And then you, go ahead, Jim. Oh, I was going to say they've got a uh, <clears throat> extension of the PX right there at the museum too, right? Well, no, the the National Marine Corps Museum has their own gift shop. Oh, I, I thought that was an extension from the uh, base gift shop. Okay. Nope. Yeah, that's their own gift shop, and sales from that also help support the museum. Yeah. How, how old are you? How old are you, man? I'll be 44 next month. And you, and you, if you were to project out, tough to do, so we'll only do it for 10 years. 10 years from now, where, where do you want separate tunes to be, and where do you want your formal art to be? Um, well, my goal is to put a separate tunes location on every base, and ultimately, um, with the numbers and data and support, uh, take that to ACES and, you know, just with the model. Actually, it's never been done before, what I envision. Um, so it's kind of like everything that happens, it's the first time. But it, as I'm creating these models um, and they work, then I can prove to everybody ahead of me that it will work for them too. So I'd like to say, you know, I just I want to build this as a Walt Disney for basically first responders and the militaries worldwide, so they have a place to, uh, you know, I think come that's and a have great, fun. That's a great goal and a great idea too. I wish you all the luck in the world. I, yeah, I hope it just succeeds for you. I mean, you've well, that's, done that's, what I, I think is incredible already on it. I mean, you're at uh, you're going into Lejeune. You're at Quantico. It's just a matter of another couple of years. You'll be at Pendleton, and then yep. you'll spread. I mean, there's yeah, no doubt it. about it. I can tell you the fun thing, too, is um, one of my uh, visions is to do, like, a Devil Pups pizza, you know? <laughs> I mean, you got Chuck E. Cheese out in town, but, you know, you got to take what they give you. So I'd like to uh, get the No, capital. I mean, I, I could see a Devil Pups pizza arena on a military base. Hell, you'd be exactly. busy all yeah. yeah. All right. You know, I mean, All right. Just... I'm going to give you some advice. I'm going to share something with you. If you're going to do that, then here's what you do. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Here you go. Have a lot of hand sanitizer. No, forget about that. Here we go. <laughs> when you do this, they, they do something here in Israel that I really dig. And when you go to get a pizza here, they mm -hmm. give you a separate bag with a thin piece of cardboard, which is designed to be your food to be it's great so when you go to do it you can just hand people these cardboards and the that little that little piece of thin cardboard becomes your plate wow yeah it's true it comes in a separate bag on so each one of them so, so that cuts down on your overhead i like that no well that's I mean, so they give you that piece so you get the little bag. what i'm saying is to throw a separate tune on each individual plate i'm telling you man I, I when i love it i'm like i've got one right i'm looking at it right on my pizza box right now i had lunch here tonight and it's, oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. It's a great idea. So, anyways, Tag, you're it. I've stolen and, it. I stole it from the Israelis. <laughs> well, you know what? That's the thing, though. I think I think the Israeli army would, would uh, you know, have fun with that just as well. Because that's what the hero, you know, I would just equate it to what their, their military does and how they have fun. It would be a cartoon about them. And with with the uh, Devil Pups pizza idea, you know, Chuck E. Cheese's Devil Pups, you know, you have uh, Marine Corps legends like Chesty Poehler and and Smendley Butler and all those guys doing the song and dance show like Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, my goodness. 
<laughs> I think you're going a little too far right there. You did. Hey, 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 anybody that brings in Smedley D. Butler and you're talking yeah, about pizza, it'd be different if you're talking about chicken wings, man. But don't be bringing Smedley <laughs> down to pizza. Uh, <laughs> no, but I just, I just, the, the cool thing for me is, uh, you know, to take this and run with it because ultimately for me, uh, Walt Disney, uh, he created the model out in town for the civilian side of the house. So, you know, just take that model and paint it with Semper Tunes and bring it inside the gates. Uh, everything from snow globes to, you know, a place to come and have fun. Um, that's my ultimate goal. And I don't think I'll be there in 10 years, but, you know, I definitely will try. Do you find that um, that people that are buying into your vision, or do, or do you feel that you're um, at a bit of a wave of opportunity? Or, you know, I mean, when you put all this out there, you kind of aren't in control of that part of your life. So, for example, we've got you on the show and we're interviewing you right now. And our audience that listens to us are going to get to know you. And it's I'll another piece. Yeah, yeah, well. And <laughs> so you'll get a chance to see. They'll, they'll hear. About, and, and all of a sudden, you feel like you're, you know, when you lay yourself out there like that, that you kind of your life, well, I've always believed this, our lives are never our own. But when we become public people, as you've now chosen to do, to put your idea and a piece of yourself out there, are you finding that, you know, people either want a piece of that or feel that they know who you are? And are you somewhat beholden to this vision that you're putting out there with other people? They have an expectation that you're going to make them laugh next week. Well, I mean, I guess the the easy answer is that, um, yeah, I mean, with... I put myself out there because that's the that's the pressure I put on myself. I'm never going to stop drawing because somebody out there, whether it's one person or a million, is looking forward to that laugh. And the the importance behind that laugh is, you know, it might be what gets them through that day. Um, so I would say yes. That I mean, I totally understand that I'm putting myself out there, but the cool thing is. This is probably the first time a lot of people around the world have actually heard, you know, the basis of the vision, what my vision is, and where I want to go with it. And, you know, if I get, if I get more support in taking that vision forward, that's great. But if I don't and people just want to laugh, uh, then I'm okay with that too. You know, Charles Schultz got picked up and he drew and he did – what he was going. I mean, we're obviously we're not speaking of the biggest military cartoonist in history, but what do you think about his work? You know what I mean? He was a a huge player. I mean, he became. I mean, is your stuff being read? And have you been in you know the Navy Times or Stars and Stripes? Have you made made that? Yeah, I, I worked I worked for the Marine Times uh, on and off about two or three times. Um, and I just, um, I've never really chased down a lot of major publications. Um, Leatherneck has a big following and I really believe that, you know, uh, most of their readers, um, read it for the motivational side of it, the, uh, educational side of it. And the humor is just the the finishing piece that everyone looks forward to in that magazine. Um, 
but really, they're in newsletters all over the world. They're in, uh, you know, they're on people's flyers. They're in cubicles everywhere. So it's kind of interesting, and that's how the military is different. You know, Charles Schultz, he, he was syndicated and published in newspapers that people picked up every day to read, which was like his advertising, uh, and they looked forward to it every week. What the military does is, uh, Semper Tune I did 18 years ago, it still is funny today as it was then because the military's a cycle. Uh, the Marines coming in, you know, the only thing that is different is the equipment and the uh, uniforms. So, you know, and those, the, those and, can be... And the year. Other than that, it's always the same. It's really good exactly. point, Exactly. So, yeah, so I think it's interesting that, you know, in the military, there's a, there's a big habit of, you know, cutting things out, putting them up, uh, whether you're deployed or it's in your cubicle. So after 18 years, I know that, you know, there's a lot of material out there that's pinned to walls or, you know, there's desktop computers, there's the magazines that are still laying around. Um, <laughs> and it's almost like the, the same, I'm equating it to the same advertising as what you would get if you were, like, nationally syndicated. I'm just not seeing the, the dollar value end of it because, you know, that's the give and take. Laugh with me, put it up, make other people laugh. But just know that, you know, in most cases, I'm not getting get, getting anything in return unless you either tell me or you uh, purchase something from me on your own accord. Hmm. Well, I don't think you're probably, your heart isn't in this to knock down the big cash. I don't, hmm. know, of, I don't know of many artists, well, even, even John Lasseter, who, you know, with his Pixar time, set out to make the cash he set out to make art and you're setting out to make people laugh unless you're one of the big comedians on stage I don't know how how many big people Schultz maybe right I mean yeah. is there another yeah. is there another cartoonist that you can point to who's famous in, in making it and I'm not suggesting that's what you're trying to do what I'm what no I'm doing. I don't know yeah see and that's the other thing too I've I want to build this from the ground up um, saying basically that a lot of uh, cartoonists have influenced me in the past with helping the Marines, but at the same time, uh, you know, I don't follow cartoonists. I've never read comic books. You know, I've never, I've never done that. This was born out of the fact that I just wanted to help those people around me. Um, and the other thing your audience can know is that uh, 20% of everything that goes through my store uh, goes back through MCCS to their to the Marines and their families. That's strong. Is, so, that, is that something that you chose to do? Is that is that your way of of giving back and serving? Is what was how, how did that happen? Yep. Well, basically, that's that's part of uh, my contract here, um, and that's why it's a nice partnership because I could go get a brick and mortar building out in town or somewhere else, but you know, I'd have to use that 20% for my rent. Um, and basically, through MCCS, uh, it is sort of like my rent. But the fact is, it's going back through them, and it's going to the new gym or the uh, daddy boot camp uh, sessions, or I don't know where it's going. But the thing is that 
no other company in the world can can give back 20% and not make it. But that's what I plan on doing every base I go to. You know, I, I really admire what it is that you're doing. I know some people that uh, are former Marines that probably could help you out an awful lot. So, mm-hmm. you know, l- let me, uh, if it's okay with you, let me make some phone calls and, and possibly down the road on it, uh, there might be that helping hand. Really what it is, you just, you said something earlier about Walt Disney. Walt Disney didn't start out to be a mega millionaire. That wasn't his concept. Uh-uh. It's it's same concept that you have. You know, you have a passion, you believe in it, and you do it. And then you bring in another factor that can position you in a stronger arena. It's just like when we set up a uh, company. We've got our rifle company set up on it. Then we have our weapons uh, units and everything, and they all reinforce each other. So, I mean, this is kind of where you're at. I mean, I admire what you're doing, and I I love the whole concept. You know, the thing so is, it, is that there's been a lot of people on the show, James, that have that have come out here, and I, and I listen to those folks, and I'm thinking, you're doing God's work, man. It's got to be great every time you pin one of these things and you put it out there to know that your that your efforts and your time and your vision and your talent are going out to make people laugh about shit that could be a little tough and a little dicey to deal with on those particular exactly. ends. It's a good or, life, man. You're living or, a good life. Or those embarrassing moments like the, uh, the one you had up a couple of weeks ago about the uh, officer candidate out on his first land nav. Yeah. <laughs> Deer in the headlights. Look, I remember that. I, I, I didn't see it, but I can relate to it. I know exactly what it probably looked like. <laughs> but you got to teach. I used to teach that. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I, mean, I said, uh, you know, the, the military makes you do funny things. I mean, you know, I used to have to take an air horn to the ambush just so they could find me. You know, so... <laughs> They'd be like three miles away, and I'd be like, eh, I'm over here. So then they'd run up on me and shoot me, and I was like, yeah, you did good. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what do you think about this this concept? There was something, there was a, we haven't posted the show from yesterday, but it's a it's a very different show than, than it is today. But this there's a theme that runs across this, uh, all of these shows and these programs is this, uh, real feeling about folks that have served went in initially to serve not exactly knowing why it is or what it is that they were doing while they were doing it but come out saying my lord i i served i gave my service to the nation to the marines and then of course to our guys and uh, you know there's always this sense that you want to give back and you want to talk to those young kids that are coming in now. Now, you did it for 21 years. Mm-hmm. So as you sit there and you write this, do you, do you think that you're touching, like, for example, this is for my prives. This is, you know, this is for that young officer who's, you know, first time thinking that he's all full of that and whateverness. And then, and then I mean, when you do that, do you, do you think that you're, you're still speaking to your troops? in your cartoons in a way to say, look, I may be out and I'm not, I'm not allowed to wear the uniform, but I still got you here and I got you there and I'm still, I'm, I'm still serving. Yeah. I mean, the, the cool thing is I think that's why, you know, when you ask me what I go by, I go by a lot of different names um, just based on 
you know, how I grew up. But the interesting thing is that the the respect that comes with uh, having obtained the rank of gunnery sergeant, it kind of it kind of fused itself into my pen name. Um, so you know, up until 2007 when I retired, you know, I was officially Gunny Wolf for the United States Marine Corps that did Semper Tunes. But now that I have retired, it's still part of my pen name. That's why everybody's just so comfortable with calling me uh, Gunny. And you know, I don't mind it. And uh, the nice thing is that I also use it kind of like as a fun leverage because I can do a cartoon on a, a young second lieutenant or a young PFC or, or just, you know, a Marine that has just come in, and, and I'll crush them, you know, and I'll just make them look kind of funny. But the fact is that it's the same thing that happens when you go to a new unit. You know, you always get ribbed a little bit. You know, you kind of got to prove yourself, and then eventually – you kind of you kind of form into that marine that you know starts walking taller and talking straighter and is smarter and understands the world. But that's what makes us tough, and that's what makes us a band of brothers. So all I'm doing is I'm putting it to art again. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna crush anybody that can't do land nav on their first time. And the end result is, you know, they should be able to laugh at themselves because it's gonna make them stronger. If they can't laugh at themselves, then they probably are in the wrong business because it all comes down to that morale. You know, good leaders have to keep their Marines motivated, and the best way to do that is through morale. Amen. Uh, we lost Jim again. Well, that's great. Let me go and get, <laughs> let me do my level-headed best to bring back Mr. James L. Johnson. Here's the beautiful thing about Jim, and I really got to tell you about this thing. That, that guy is hanging in there. He's got his cell phone on his i on his iPhone, and it allows yeah. me to go ahead and call you. So the so the poor bastard is. <laughs> Hanging on his cell phone, getting dumped every time on these cell calls, but but we'll get Jim back. So I have I have a couple of more questions though, but one of them has has a lot to do with your desire to to um, to reach out and be part of a broader um, internet new media uh, consortium. And I'm just curious if, in fact. You, um, you, you've thought about the impact of putting your stuff out online and what does it mean when you cross over? You start out in the Marine Corps and that's fine and we're good. And now all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're hitting all of these folks and you're, you're, you're taking those guys and, you know, you're hitting different armies and different military. How are you, how was that impacting you when you think about the fact that, holy balls, man, I'm hitting many different services as a result of this new media? And welcome back, Jim, I mean, by the way. I was ripping on you earlier. Thank, I'm glad you're back. <laughs> you're you're going to the subject it, of a new December tune. Yeah. I, was, I really hope you went to get, like, a whole thing of sausages and just you're throwing <laughs> them all over the house. <laughs> Look, this is a baby boomer on, a, on an iPhone with Skype. you got to <laughs> give it up to the old man. Hey, I, 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 give my, uh, I give it a try. Let's go that way. You know? No, it's awesome. But, um... Yeah, yeah, I guess just to get back media, to your question, you know? I mean, I love it. You know, I love it. And the fact is that, you know, I'm just, I'm just one person. I do everything myself. I do, my, I do my website. You know, I do all the drawings. I do all the advertising. I'm still in a, in a it's a three-man fighting position. It's me, my wife, and my son. And then basically we're surrounded and we're getting all the support, uh, the logistics and everything is coming from the fans. So to 
me, it doesn't matter if you're what service you're in. You know, it all comes down. It's really simple. They're laughing. Laugh with me, and let's move forward. Gunny, I want to tell you that this is the saddest part, and it's not funny part of the show. It's the fifty-nine fifty-nine portion of the show, which, mm-hmm. which means that we we're gonna to have to say our goodbyes, but we're also gonna do our shout-outs, and we want to add you to our shout-outs if we can down the road. So if if and also love to bring you back on board. Jim is right; he's got some connections that he'll probably want to talk to you about later on after we hang up. But but I want to say on a personal note, I I've loved going to your site, loved having you on board here with us, you know, I mean, reaching out to folks and making them laugh and then exposing, I don't know, I, I don't know if it's an underbelly of who we are, but looking at some of your stuff, it's it, it shows that you give a tremendous insight to the people who are on the outside looking in. So thank you, sir, for coming on board and thank you for your service. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, anytime. And uh, I just look forward to all the feedback from everybody listening and and you know just what they think. I mean, am I just crazy? No. Or you know, I've, <laughs> well, I've, you're I've, a lot of things. You, you, you decided you're, you're to come on the show. Crazy. I'll go along. Yeah. With that. I mean, <laughs> as, a, as a psychologist, Gunny, I gotta say, it's a good type of crazy. Yeah, half nuts. It's... <laughs> yeah, I love it. I mean, I've probably created the biggest mountain uh, visually that you know anybody in my position uh, has done. Uh, I just. That's the way I feel. I mean, there's been a lot of cartoonists in and out of the military for a long, long time. But, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm going to set the bar up there, and it's going to be for the families and for those that we love. And then everyone else will just get it. And it's worthy. It's worthy. David, David, I hate to do it, but we got to do it. Here we go with our shout-outs. Again, GusMcCoy.com. Go for some good laughs. Um, I'm also getting in touch with Chewy and a couple other couple of the other former guests to uh, start the planning for our new student broadcast. Ooh, Rob, student, really excited student. about that. That's a good program. Uh, we got Graffiti Award again. Uh, check out their website. Find out if you're going to be near one of their gallery openings on November 11th, Veterans Day of this year, 2011. Helping Hands Worldwide, Sight of Helms, could use anything you can give her. So don't be afraid to check her, her page out. And give till it hurts. We have AVER, American Veterans for Equal Rights, along with their sister organizations, um, GayMilitary.com and TabUSA.org. And now our newest shout-out to Sempertunes. Hey, hey, hey. Check out (laughs) Sempertunes.com and be ready to laugh. Well, gentlemen, what a great hour has gone by, and I want to say a special thanks to... To Gunny Wolf for coming on board with us. We're going to bring you back, Gunny. Trust me, we keep talking about the. We're, we're, we're talking about our old style, bringing them back uh, uh, yearly. We have a we have a yearly show that where we kind of recap the year. So don't be surprised if we don't come knocking on your door and and uh, uh, hit you up for some. For Free some, beat the double pups. That's exactly right with my Israeli uh, serving cards. Anyways, love it. For the guys over here, over to my left, I got D. Bjorn Christian. And I got over to my right, James L. Johnson Jr. Coming to us from Quantico, Virginia, we got Gunny Wolf. And I'm Garland Green uh, signing off here from uh, Natanya Israel. Thanks a lot. Thanks.